Good day. It's the best day of the week. Great day to be alive. Great day to get better. I'm K.O. Frierson, and today I got with me. <laughs> you know what they call me. Mr. Phillips, if you. I'll let them finish it. Nigga name OJ. <laughs> Just saying. And we're here with a, uh, another episode of We Are More Than the Podcast. So, I've got my drink and my two-step. I see you sipping on your... How's your week been so far, brother? I bet you, I bet you, you know I'm good. You know you're messing with the wrong ones. Now watch out. You keep talking, I'ma give you some. Just keep running and running and running. Um, it's been a, uh, an eventful week. My mom was diagnosed with COVID. Mm. So the first few days were a little rough. Just kind of worried about her and what she's been going through. But today... She was back to her old self, okay. so that glad, felt good. Glad you're doing well, Mama. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. That felt good. That's what's up. And man, that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, and like I said on the the last episode, maybe it was the episode before when my cousin she was diagnosed with mm-hmm. COVID. So I mean, as long as people coming through this thing, yeah. we'll be fine. Uh, make sure you are still being responsible. Uh, six feet away, which six feet away is still easy for me to have. So, what we're going to do today. Tighten up. <laughs> what we're going to do today, we uh, we briefly spoke about it when I asked you if mm. people mistake you as being angry sometimes. And you said, man, I ain't angry. I'm passionate. Mm-hmm. So there's a stigma that follows us in the African-American community, especially as black men. Mm-hmm. And they awfully refer to us as the angry black man. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to <laughs> rapid response. Give me five things that make you angry. Go. Hmm. Rapid response. You caught me off guard with that one. Um, ignorance. Okay. Um, laziness. Okay. Liars. It takes a lot to make me mad, man. Really, those would be my top three. I don't think I could give you five. So that would make me instantly upset. All right. Any pet peeves you got? I hate repeating myself. God damn. That I think that's a man thing. Yeah, I hate nah, it, myself. I, it's it's frustrating to mm-hmm. have to do so. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's one of my biggest things. That's that's something that'll send me uh instantly in an attitude. Not necessarily angry or in, enraged or anything, but just irritated. Just yeah. Yeah, see for me it's one of those things where I don't mind repeating myself if you really don't get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I'll repeat myself. But I hate to repeat myself when either A, you're just blatantly not listening and you re-ask me the same question. Right. Or B, you didn't like the answer I gave you, so you asked me the question again. Just so I can tell you the same thing. Yeah, to see if I tell you the same thing or to try to catch me in something else or whatever. And I'm like, yo, what did I just say? Yeah, it's. I think it's hard for people to rap 
their head around the concept of, especially when it comes to repeating yourself, when people are expecting you to say something different. Mm. What I say is what I say. And I, I think for me, I've got more pet peeves than I have things that make me angry. Mm. Ignorance is on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not ignorance. Ignorance is just not knowing. But when you know and you do and you and you take me as being a fool. So is ignorance not just is you. So you're saying ignorance is just not knowing. Yeah. Ignorance is just not knowing. So you think that the average racist out here really doesn't know that there's no difference between black and white people. There's some there are some people who are just ignorant to the fact that there's a difference. Like because you know how people say, I don't see color. We all see we color. all see color. I don't see gender. We all see gender. Like, we all see color down to names on a resume. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can tell you, it's bad to say, never mind. Don't incriminate yourself, brother. Never mind. Don't incriminate yourself. 401 case. That's how we do it. You know, <laughs> hey, man. Just words to the wise, man. Just pay attention to what's on your resume. Can I can I run off on that for a quick second? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm an HR director by day. Okay. And just, Mr. Phillips by night. Yeah. So just to, so just to give you guys a little heads up, if you know anybody out there, please tell them to create a professional email. I don't care if your name is Jane Smith, but if I see your email is Donkey Booty seventy five, I'm gonna go ahead and move <laughs> on past that. I hope the 75 is not the year they were born and they still doing young emails. Let me tell you, something. you wouldn't believe some of the emails that I've seen. So that's one thing I want to tell people. Just make sure you have a professional sounding email. First and last name at whatever would do. Yeah. But I've seen people with perfect resumes, but the email is what get them every time. Mm. So if you know anybody out there, make sure you let them know that. Create a, pro- a professional email, please. But that's what I mean by ignorance, though. Some people have never been told that. So because they've never, believe it or not, some people have never been told. I know it's hard for you to wrap your head around that, but just like you're an HR director by day, I'm an admissions advisor by day. I get it. And you've been where I've been, where we literally sat across from people and said, hey, what's up with your email? Man, ain't nobody ever tell me. Am I lying? Come I on. agree to disagree. Okay, that's fair. I, who, the reason why I say that is because nobody has to tell me not to touch a black and red snake. Anybody got to tell me not to touch a snake? Period. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. So you know, donkey butt, donkey butt ninety three is not a good email. It's not address. professional. I got nobody you. should have to tell you. That. I got you. If I have to tell you that, then you don't need to be applying for this job. Fair enough. Even if it's a perfect resume. Yeah. Even if it's a perfect resume. Would that not be considered discrimination? That's not discrimination. That's fair. That's not discrimination in my eyes because, for one, we're in a right-to-work state. Let's start there. Oh, well. There Two, you have it. but secondly, grow up. Because a person like me, depending on how, depending on how far up the hire is. Right. So if it's an executive leadership position. I don't have the power just to hire you. That's a team. That's a team decision. Mm-hmm. So my job is to find the best candidate. This is the person I would hire. Okay, now I'm taking it to the owner. 
you think I'm gonna be able to take that to the owner and he look at that email address and not <laughs> say to me, "Hey, he look at you serious." Yeah, like, are you serious? <laughs> you bringing this in here to me right now? You see what I'm saying? So, mm. but yeah, um, that's one of my biggest pet peeves mm. is just repeating myself. I hate to repeat myself. Yeah. So mine, I like I said, I think I have more pet peeves than things that make me angry. Mm-hmm. Um, because even being disloyal is it, it disappoints me more so than it makes me angry. Now, insulting my intelligence, oh, that shit pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Like, like that makes me like really want to rip someone's head off. Mm-hmm. Like, don't like our coach used to say, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Mm-hmm. Like, don't insult my intelligence. And I think I think that's one of the the biggest things that angers me. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I just have things that may tick me off. Now, let me ask you this. Do you respond in ways where someone can look at you and say, oh, you're an angry black man? Sometimes. Have you ever responded in a setting as an angry black man that you should not have? Mm-mm. I'm going to tell you the truth. You saved me one day at our old outfit when you said, hey. We supposed to be the ones that's disgruntled. You can't do that. Yeah. Because I was about to go off on everybody in there. You said, hey, you can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah. So Because they already looking for that. That's one thing I learned a long time ago is, for one, you already a, a big dude. Right. So you're going to come off, come off as more intimidating than somebody who's a little guy. Mm-hmm. So, so they're already looking at you like, okay, he already a naturally big dude. You got the beard. Like, oh, Lord, what's going to happen? So I always learned where I always have to be reserved. Mm-hmm. You can never show any type of aggression because as soon as you do, their their threat level goes from zero to a thousand. Why do you think that's just with us, though? Because I don't see it with any other race. I don't see it with any other sex, really. Well, with the black woman, I see it with that. Because they are considered the, the angry black woman. The woman with the attitude. It's 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 for the African Americans, but it goes on both genders, male and female. Right. Regardless, you already looked at as a threat. Already. But for the most part. So my question, and and maybe it's one of those things where you got a why question of this too, is why? What makes me any different than any uh, Tom Dick or Harry or makes her any different as any Kim Sue or Sally because if you go back and look at what some of them have been taught they've been taught that we are more aggressive just by nature mm. so if you taught that all your life so that's it, second nature to you it just so, is what it is so let me play uh, devil's advocate because you brought up ignorance and being taught something and then not and then not knowing any better because of what it is that you taught. Mm-hmm. Does that ignorance get a pass? No. Because if you're a grown person, you've interacted with hundreds of African Americans. So if you've interacted with hundreds of African Americans and none of them have really given you a problem, why are you still a threat? So you went to Newberry. I went to Clemson. I did. There were I hated all four years of Newberry, but go ahead and finish. I, I loved all hated so Newberry. many years of Clemson. <laughs> I'll just put hated it that Newberry. way. 
But you never ran across a white person that never met a black person until they met you? Never. I ran across so many students at Clemson that never met or interacted with a black person. They must be from uh, Nova Scotia. I'm, dog, I'm serious. No way they're from the United States. Yes. And see, no I promise you, dude. Where they from? Because we in Maine. We in North and South Dakota. We everywhere. I get that. So, but like I said, they must e- have been homeschooled. Either seen, they've they've seen, but not interacted with. So they get to Clemson at eighteen years old and never have interacted with the African American. They told you a lie. You believe that? You traveled all over this world, right? You've ever gone someplace and not seen the other uh, another color? Can I go somewhere and not see the other color? You can go to Atlanta. And that full of us. Think about it. I I think some people have been sheltered up until you still got to interact point. with them. I would have asked them, "Have you ever been to McDonald's?" I promise you, they have. Yeah. You ever been to Bojangles? Well, they probably don't eat Bojangles, but you know. You ever been to TJI Fridays, Cracker Barrel? We in there. Somebody cooking it. Right. Somebody at the, the cash register, they've interacted with us. That what they may have meant was, is I've never had someone this close enough to me where I gotta interact with you on a daily basis. You know, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like what what I and what I mean by they interact. went to school with one too. You know, there are some schools that don't have us there. Still, very few. Still, very few. We breaking down barriers though, because black people. This is the first. We're coming into like the. First wave of generational wealth within the black community. This is the first wave. We've okay. never had generational wealth before now. And we're now getting to a point to where we're going to start having it now. That's crazy. Think about it. Because I can tell you from my experience, my grandfather mm-hmm. was a sharecropper. Right. And so was mine. Now, yeah. think about that. That's my grandfather. Right. So it's only one generation after him, which is my mom, then it's me. So for most most African Americans, if your parent right. didn't create the wealth, then it's on you. Right. Whereas other races, they go back generations where wealth was just passed down and not let's not even say wealth, just little things like houses in their family. Mm-hmm. Black people are just getting to a point to where that's now becoming a reality. And it's is it's crazy. Yeah. Even though it's it's true. But I, I mean that goes back to me telling people that the like the institution of slavery and things like that, mm-hmm. these are the very young institutions. Like these are things that are like if you if you give the totality of since the thirteen, fourteen hundreds, mm-hmm. like we're talking just how we would say. And that was just down the road. Yeah. Civil rights was in the 60s. 65. Yeah, I mean. 65. I got aunts and uncles who lived through that. 60, in 65, we got yeah. rights to vote. It's real. Yeah, so that's. that's It's real. That's insane. That's insane. So let's put ourselves in the the other side's shoes real quick. What do you think? They say that makes us so damn angry. I don't know. It's because we got so many teeth and no tooth. Sorry, I watched Waterboy today. You gotta forgive me. Uh, I mean, I don't know. 
that's one of them things where it'd be good to have, you know, someone on that could possibly be willing to speak on it. Yeah. But to ask what they think, I don't know. I really don't. I really don't. Yeah. And I'm from South Carolina. But what I always tell people is, is. Because when I moved out west, I used to get that question a lot. You're like, right. oh, racism, racism. Did you see it a lot? And I'm like, in my small town, we saw it, but it wasn't blatant. Right. You knew who was racist because they didn't have to tell you. Right. You know, like for me, still to this day, anybody with a, a Confederate flag is a racist to me. But it's about Southern heritage, OJ. <laughs> Yo, this is what I say about that. I don't view it as Southern heritage because for me, what my answer to that is, is, you know, hey, my, my great grandfather and all of them mm-hmm. or great, great, great grandfather fought and he fought for the flag. And I'm like, he was standing beside a black man. You don't see us running around with the flag. Right. Our ancestors died in the same war. If you really look at the history books, why were they fighting? Right. And they were definitely fighting just because they they wanted slaves. Yeah, the main part was is Abraham Lincoln got in the White House and was like, yo, we not shipping no more African Americans out west. Out the western states cannot have slaves. You know what I'm saying? So the southern states was like, yo, if he ain't letting them go out west, guess who we coming at the next? He coming after us. And we can't have that. But let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If you got up right now and said, I'm succeeding from the United States and I'm going to build an army and I'm going to war. What is that called? That's treason. So in the United States, you telling me it's okay to wave a flag of treason. It's not. It is. I mean, well, because some of the state flags has the rebel flag in the flag. Mississippi. uh, Georgia used to until they had it removed. And South Carolina used to fly it from the state capitol proudly. Yeah. It's not even on the state grounds anymore. It's yeah, now they, in a in a museum. Somewhere. Yeah, but think about that. That flag represents treason. No matter what you want to say about it, it represents treason. Right. Right. So there are reasons for us to be angry. Would you say? If you want to be, but what I learned is, is what does anger get you? We've uh, been angry for four hundred years. Yeah. What 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 has it gotten us? Uh, voting rights in sixty five. Voting uh, rights and half of us don't vote. So what has it gotten us? Little little or less than nothing. Little or less than nothing. Cause yeah. what? <laughs> this may be the first time in history where we get real change. I feel it, and I want to like I'm I'm gullible mm-hmm. for a lack of better words because it's something that I'm wanting so much so so my heart is hopeful mm-hmm. that we get it and I think that because of everything else that's going on this isn't one of those traditional three week cycles that we used to talk about mm-hmm. oh yeah we're going to raise hell about this for three weeks we're going to march and all that other stuff and then we're going to go back to living our lives we Ooh. already do damn scroll down your timeline on Instagram I know I know But I It It back to twerking And people acting a fool Every now and then You'll pass a post With somebody like Yo Brianna Taylor 
or like if you follow somebody like uh, Stephen Jackson, right? You know what I'm saying? He on his protest game real hard, but for the most part, the world has moved on. As long as they don't kill no more Negroes, but they did. As long as they don't publicly kill no more Negroes, the f- the fire is starting to slowly burn out. Because nowadays, you got to think. Nowadays, the attention span is so much shorter. So let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. You know how long the Montgomery bus boycott went on? I'm not. I, I don't. Three hundred plus days. So almost a year. No, it was well over a year. Oh, okay, but I don't want to give a wrong number. So right, because I, I knew it was longer. Off than, the top of my head, I want to say three eighty one. I knew give it was, or take a few. Days. I knew it was longer than nine months, but well I, I, over a year. Yeah, so think about that. These people, some people did not go to work, right? Or they walked to work or caught a ride for over a year until they forced them to make change. Now yeah, we don't we don't have that kind of we don't have that kind of drive. People ain't doing. I that can now. honestly say we don't have that kind of drive because one of the things that I that I told a lot of people was, hey, is there a plan behind your action, or are you just doing it because it's the it thing to do? Most people don't have a plan. And then I I witnessed people just taking pictures, being around the area, to say that they were there. It was a photo op for them. Yeah. They they know they know better than forty five. It was a photo op for them. Yeah, and I'm like, damn. We're in the social media age, man. So to say you did it, everything is about social media. That's now. bullshit. That's that's. Man, I'm gonna tell you. You should look. see when you're not on social media, mm-hmm. it catches you off guard. For instance, the Blackout Tuesday thing. Right. I'm gonna tell you how far and how untouched I am. I wake up and just happen to get on Instagram. Right. I ain't know what the hell going on. I'm like, yo, is my phone messed up? Why everything black? Like, what's going on? Three days later is when I found out what was happening. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So everything is now Instagram. Back then, it was about real action. People was willing to die for what they believed in. Right. Like, willing to die. Right. See, and I participated in, in Blackout Tuesday. But this is the reason why. My history with police brutality stems long before George Floyd. Mm. When I was younger, my mother sat me down and told me that her uncle was murdered by a police officer in front of her other uncle, Mm. his brother. And the headlines the next morning was murder without malice. So it's been going on for so long that. When issues like that happen, and she sat me down and told me around the time of Rodney King, you know I go super hard when issues like that happen because those things, like it's, it's one of those things that's already hit close to home. Mm-hmm. And like I, I won't say I was called on the carpet, but you know things were said like, "Yo, you participating in this, that, and the third. And at that point, I was like, "Yo, I don't need to explain as to why because it's one of those things where. I'd rather stand in solidarity for something that I actually believe in. I've actually sat in open forum council meetings, whether it's city council or county council, and asked those those tough questions like, yo, so what are you what are you going to do different? What is it that you're, you know, deliberating about today? Because if it's nothing to actually improve the conditions, 
then you ain't you're not really saying shit to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like it's it's those things that actually hit for me. So I was well educated on it and was informed about it before I did it. But like I said, it extend it it extends longer than what happened to George Floyd. It extends longer than what happened to Jameer Rice. It, it like it it Mike Brown, so forth and so on. Like it's because it it happened. Like my my mom told me, tears and eyes told me it happened. So like that's one of those things that it it angers me, ah, not anger, because you know it's a, it it takes act of God to anger me, but it ticks me off to say that I'm riding a wave, if you will. Some people not. I mean, I'm not gonna say all people, but some people out there definitely faking the funk. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Some people definitely faking the funk, which is sad because, you know, we coming in an era where we're going to need real leaders because the way it's headed ain't going to be pretty. So let me let me ask you this, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up leaders. Leaders with a face a good thing? You got to have a leader got to have a face. Evil got to have a face and good, good got to have a face. Well, this is why I asked that. It's amazing that when leaders die. Mm-hmm. Things fizzle out. Well, that's because the number one rule is the the. What's the number one rule? I mean, you cut off the head of the snake, and right, the body yeah. will die. Right. All right. So, but here's the thing. That's the problem. The problem is, is you can't. I never said you you got to have one leader. Oh, so there are no Aaron's and Joshuas that are being. You got to have created. leaders. You know right. what I'm saying? You can't have just one. You got to have enough of them to where if they kill one, oh well. You know what I'm saying? They ain't, we gonna this this gonna keep moving because we got more than one leader. What do you think the fear is that makes us stop? Think about the Ku Klux Klan. Right. You think they got one leader? Nah, hell no. Nah. You kill that top dog. Oh well, seventy five of them behind him that's ready to step up and take his place. You can't have just one leader. That's our problem. We'll pick out one. That's the one we following behind. That's the one that's speaking for all of us. And people used to get mad at me when I'm saying, yo, like, Jesse Jackson don't speak for me. No, not at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because he speak for you don't mean he speak for me. Al don't speak for me. And he from South Carolina. And everybody know, I, I love everybody from South Carolina, just about. Yeah. Unless they went to Clemson. <laughs> this has been another episode of We Are More Than The Pot. Nah, man, don't do that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, like, it's, it's, and it's, un, it's unfortunate that leaders aren't developing leaders now one of the things that we had an old boss one of the things that he said was always train myself out of a position mm-hmm. which i thought was was golden because it's i'm training you in the position that i'm in so you can take this position so i can move on to the next mm-hmm. well the problem too is a lot of the younger kids or younger adults don't necessarily want to be a leader of this type of movement. Why not? Because it ain't cool. What's cool about fighting for rights? Every, well, I'm older. Think as a young as a young kid, what's cool about it? I've always been militant, though. I said, think as a young kid. I can't. Ain't nothing cool. We around young, we yeah, around, around young, young dudes kid, all the time, yeah, and they don't, they don't, they could care less. Because you yeah. got to think to them, we really aren't, um, 
black people really ain't in a bad position if you talk to a lot of people. You can freely come and go as you want. I got different thoughts on that. Most people don't. I've had people tell me that. It ain't that bad. You can freely come and go as you want. You want to go to school? You can go to school. Want to go in the military? You can go in the military. So we just we fighting for enough? To some people, okay, let me give you an example. There is someone right now living in government income apartments and will stay there till they die. Why? Because they satisfied with it. Okay then. So the point that I made just now is, is there's a lot of there's a lot of people on this earth that feel like, hey, we done came a long way. It ain't that bad. So why are y'all shaking things up? So they feel like we fucking it up for them. Pardon my French. My Spanish and English ain't good. Think about it. Right now, you used to be able to go out of your house. As they say, ignorance is bliss. And blissfulness is happening. You used to go in the store. Right. You didn't care who may have been racist, who may not be racist. You just didn't care. Now, I promise you, when you go out now, you got your bunny ears on. <laughs> Think about it. You may not even be doing it dang consciously. Yeah, just subconsciously. You looking around. You looking like, around like, who looking at me crazy? I wonder what you think about me. When yeah. you walk in the store, you looking at, are they following me? You know what I'm saying? They everything. You thinking about everything now. Think about now. The cops used to pull you over. I know for me, the cops used to pull me over, and I was nervous. Yeah. But that was just a, a natural nervousness. Like, oh, God, what did I do? Now? Yeah, it's making home. As soon as I see the cop, and he ain't even behind me, I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. Don't let him get behind me. I'm going alternate routes. I'm doing it. If a cop get in the same lane as me, I'm in the other lane. Yeah. If he get in that lane with me, yo, I'm pulling over at whatever store is right by me. I don't care if it's a nail salon, and I'm going inside. But think, that's just where we are now. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just everything is hypersensitive. Everything. So is that a good thing? That people are now more aware? It's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's a to me. This is just my opinion, folks. It's a good thing because now we're really getting to see how bad the racism was. Right. Because at one point they would tell us, Your racism is nowhere near as bad as y'all try to make it out to be. Uh and we're like, yo, you don't live in my shoes. You know, I had an argument with a guy. This might have been four or five months ago. No, I'll take that back. That was, this was about a month ago. Because he didn't understand. Because he even asked me. He said, why do black men get so nervous with the cops? If y'all just do what they say, it'll be okay. He literally uh, said that. And I asked him one simple question. When's the last time you got pulled over? He said, oh, about a year ago. How many cops came to your car? He said, just the one. I mean, what kind of question was that? I said, the last time I got pulled over, it was three of them. When I had the expedition, it was five. Yeah, he was like, what were you doing? Speeding. I was going seven miles over. And the guy made me sit there until two other cars came for backup. And it was just me. He act like he could not understand the concept of that. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the first time. Right. Or going to court, I remember when I was in college. 
this was back when having a system in your car for those who don't know what a system is uh, back then you used to put big speakers in your trunk yeah. and 215s yeah and i remember 15. going to court for loud music and the judge telling me if you if i see you again for loud music you going to jail for 90 days i'm looking at him like for music it's loud bro? music judge music it's loud not music, selling judge. dope not name out here hitting on nobody, not acting fool, and I was in college. For mm. night, he threatened me. He threatened to send me to jail for ninety days. And when I tell stories like that, he look at me like, "Yo, that's." He even says, "No way, that's true." I'm like, "It's very true." It's very ninety true. days. I remember the time I got locked up. The guy in front of me, they put you on the line, right? Mm-hmm. Guy, the guy in front of me was locked up. For armed robbery Right The judge comes in the next morning And lets him out on a PR bond So for those who don't know what a PR bond is is That's when they uh, they Let you out of jail With just your signature Like yo you good We gonna let you out with your signature So I'm thinking Hell I'm in here for a suspended license He signed his name and get out for armed robbery I know I'm about to sign my name For a suspended license you know what he hit me with? A nine hundred dollar fine, and told me I can't be released till I pay it. So just to let the listeners know, my co-host is a repeat offender. I've been uh, to jail once, <laughs> and only once. <laughs> knock on wood. I spent twenty four hours, and they gave me a bologna sandwich that was that thick. <laughs> Said I'll never come back. I think I'm amongst my friends. Like I'm, I'm one of few that has never been in, and I don't want to go. It ain't no fun place. Never do nothing to be there. It ain't no fun. It ain't no fun place. I don't need that on my on my record. I got a few homeboys that have haven't been to jail. Yeah, I'm cool. Very slim few. Yeah, I'm cool. I don't want the problems. Yeah, I don't want the problems. I don't like getting pulled over. Um. I said it on a, a couple podcasts ago. It's it's the most intelligent thing that I've heard. It's the wisest thing that I could possibly hear, but it's the most defeating thing that I could hear. When you leave, just make sure you make it home. It That's defeating to me. Now, that's something that does anger me, that the moment I walk out of my, my house, that my life is in danger. Mm-hmm. Potentially, that my life is in danger. Even if I'm doing things... The right way. Just because somebody could be pissed off. Mm-hmm. It could be a rat for me. That angers me. Like, I, I, what do you mean? Why? Why does it anger you? Because it's only based on the fact that I'm a black male. So? You get angry when, it's, when it rain outside? So I got to treat... My life being in danger daily, like the weather. Yep, that's bullshit. That's I'll tell you why uh, I say that. You've been taught that since how how old? Since leaving the house and being told. So hey, at what point who did you stop doing? being angry? Now it just is what it is. When I walk out of this door every day, but I say, "Why is that the norm?" You get what I'm saying? That hey, that shouldn't be normal. Hey, hey, that should not be normal. When I get exactly what you said. When Noah built the ship. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> all I right. got you. 
He told them niggas it been gonna rain. They said it ain't normal. Right. Did he get pissed off? He did one time. Yeah, but he he's still much much on. Now it doesn't stop me from doing what it is, and I'm supposed. I to I know. Do I'm just saying. Man. I always tell everybody you can't get mad at the rain. It's gonna rain. The rain gonna do what it gonna do. The people that you got, the, the people like that, that's gonna be mad and could possibly take your life. Ain't shit you could do about that. All you can do is pray and stay out their way. Yeah. You heard what OJ do. Soon as I see a cop on the same street as me, I am planning my exit. ASAP. I've yeah. gotten off on wrong exits on highways. Just riding down 26, 85, cop get behind me. I don't care if this exit say I'm going to, to Little Egypt. I'm sure about to get off on this exit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get off the exit, man. I just... Just life lessons has taught me, man. You don't play with them folk. Yeah. I, I, I guess my anger comes in the fact of knowing that this shouldn't be a norm that I tolerate. Yeah. But I understand that it is a norm that I have. But it should not be a norm that I have to tolerate. Like, yeah. no other person lives with that kind of fear. Mm, depending on the country here. Oh yeah, yeah. No other person here lives with that. Some kind of Mexicans, fear. depending on where you at. Yeah, this is true. Okay, depending on where you at. Okay, I get that. You know, Viva but that goes back to being being a minority. You know, some minorities just gonna deal with it. You know, they they some of them believe that you know they are the superior race. Right. They believe it. Right. I've actually had some. Actually use Or try to use the bible to support that You know I I just had this conversation yesterday It was a student that we had And um, We were You know just kind of explaining the Like the different religions and so forth and so on mm -hmm. uh, He was asking me you know How do I know that the bible is true um, But That conversation spun into a you know, when people use the Bible to enslave and all of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I said that he never heard before was you do realize that the Bible's in whole, not in part. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just what what people are doing is that they're taking a small segment and using that to justify what it is that they wanted to say for them. That ain't just the Bible, that's anything. Yeah, that, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's one of those if I can if I can take this and manipulate it to where it gives me a louder voice, mm -hmm. then I win. Yeah. Then I win. Like and Or if it gets I can manipulate it to where it makes more people believe what I'm saying, mm -hmm. then I win. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, that's just the world we live in. The social media age. It's only gonna get worse. Right. It's um, only gonna get worse. One thing that I I do wanna tackle um, and probably not this episode, but just in general that I do want to tackle. Um, we gotta, we gotta do one of these about cultures, like snitch culture. Uh, there's no such thing as snitch culture anymore. Oh, what do you mean? There's no such thing as snitch culture. These young kids don't care. So six nine destroyed the snitch culture. No, they never cared. Oh, okay. We were the last generation who cared about that. 
That's because think about it. Even mm-hmm. growing, I'm gonna tell you how deep that go. Mm-hmm. Even growing up, when you used to go telling your brother what your mama would say, why you tell to tell? See, see how that go. For, so we were taught that. So it was never a snitch thing. It was never about like don't snitch. That's some street shit. Right. But we were always taught like, why are you telling? Stop telling so much. I've right. heard parents say that growing up. Like. Okay, stop telling so much. Nobody likes a tattletale. Right. They used to always say that. But then as we got older, it turned into like a don't snitch thing. Right. Because that's when we grew up a lot harder. These kids don't care at all about the, the snitch shit. Because you know what they say? Excuse my language. I ain't in the streets. So why do I care about that? That's their, their outlook. And I'm gonna tell you. Remember who told you that six nine was gonna come home and well he was not gonna be touched. You told me that. <laughs> yeah, you told me six nine gonna come home and they're gonna welcome in welcome him in the same way that they did. Well, not that they did, but they're gonna welcome him in yeah. as if he did nothing wrong at all. And they're gonna thump his music. They not gonna touch him. Mm-mm. Everybody I used to tell that told me I was crazy. You crazy as hell. I'm like, bro, I knew. People didn't care about him snitching the very first day they locked him up. And they announced that he was going to cooperate. If you looked on Instagram, every comment under that said, oh, they tried to mess with his baby mama. I would snitch too. I was like, oh, yeah, he coming home I, to a king's ransom. Yeah, I, and I heard that so many times. Like, oh yeah, you know, if I was, I was, I'd have done the same thing. Yeah. Is either is either them or me? Yeah, and I'm like, damn, because they they weren't raised on that. That's when I knew he was gonna be able to come home, and they weren't gonna care. Right, because the old regime, which is us, we getting old. We not listening to six nine. No way. We really not. I don't know nobody my age or close to my age listening to him. So he was never worried about us. We can call him a snitch all day long. And he gets on there. Think about this. The last song he just put out. Listen to how crazy this is. He raps about snitching. And then in the same verses, he'll send a hundred shots at you. How? So you so you rap about snitching. In his song, he rapped about snitching. He basically glorified that he snitched. And then in the same verse said, I'll send a hundred shots at you. And the song went number one. Yeah. So what's gonna happen now is is you're gonna have a whole new generation that thinks it's okay to try to go do some gangster shit. Then I'm a snitch. Yeah, I'm a sing. Like if anything comes down, I'll be like, "Hey, it was them that did it, not me. It was him. He stay over there by uh, by um, these apartments. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, it's building thirteen. Um, you got to knock three times on the door because that's the code that they yeah. use to get in. But see, the reason why <laughs> that, the reason why that irks me it could, is because it gives off the wrong message, mm-hmm. which I always was saying the entire time because. What they're not telling people is is the reason why Takashi was able to snitch and get off is because the feds was already looking at that game. So uh, if you just running with Pookie, Pookie and JJ, Greenville County ain't gonna give a damn about you snitching. 
Right. Because they don't. They never wanted Pookie and JJ. Y'all just happen to mess up. These boys was really into some real like big time stuff. Which the Fed, they said the Feds was already looking at them for ten years. Think about that. The Feds was already looking at them for ten years and could never come in and actually arrest them because they never had enough evidence. And then six nine started going around, and then hell, he might have been a plant for all we know. I ain't gonna say he a plant, but I'm just saying, look at some of the stuff he was able to do and get away with. They got him on camera putting a hit on somebody, and he out. The dude that did the shooting. Which he didn't hit anybody Got more time than uh, than Takashi And he the one put it on hit, uh, Put a hit on him And he on camera I'd have gave him more time too Just for the fact that he was a bad shooter I'm sorry See, my thing I'm is, ignorant My thing is this It ain't no snitch culture Nah So the one thing people need to know If you're gonna do dirt And anybody with you Be prepared to go to jail Cause they gonna tell they gonna tell. That's a damn shame. They gonna tell. That's a damn shame. And please don't think it's just the young folks. Turn on first forty eight. Yeah. All they need is a cigarette. Once they take that cigarette, it's a wrap. If your homeboy asks for a new port, you're going to jail. <laughs> Real talk. Yeah. The days of people just taking their jail time, them days over. Niggas ain't doing that no more. That's that's crazy. Think about it. That's crazy. We That's why I keep telling people there ain't no snitch culture. So ain't no weebays in the world no more. Niggas ain't taking no. They, they not. Excuse my use of the word nigga. I'm trying not to use that, but people are not taking that time no more. It's not because see, it was a. We grew up with when having morals was a thing. We was taught that. You remember growing up, we were taught, yeah, yo, what what's the one thing they used to teach us in uh Crime Stoppers class? It used to be their slogan. Crime Stoppers. You remember they used to have Crime Stoppers coming to our school and they had the slogan. When I said you're gonna remember it. You do the crime. Oh, you do the time. You, you do, do the, the time. Yeah. You do the crime, you, you do, do the, the time. time. Uh, uh Officer McCray. Yeah. As a matter of fact. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? We were, well, you gotta think, we was raised on that. So All we right. was raised on like, yo. If you out here and you 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 doing what you do, I'd be prepared to. You gotta take the time. Yeah, you go lay like they used to say. My cousin used to always tell me, "Hey man, you doing that? You get caught, you gotta go lay down." But these boys ain't laying down no more. These boys is telling. Ain't no snitch culture. And Takashi just blew that blew it up even more. Right. The way now all these young folks saying he ain't do nothing wrong, and they believe he ain't do nothing. Yeah, wrong. they they sincerely believe that. And and we'll go play him and uh is it Nikki that he's on the song with? Every yeah. video he put out now and every single he put out now go automatically goes number one. So that tells you he came home bigger than he did when he went in. Then he went in, yeah. That's a damn shame. Well, I guess that's one part of the culture's conversation that we don't have to have. It's snitch culture. Um instant gratification is one thing that that we need to talk about because I think I think the whatever it is that you want, you got to work for. I think that stopped also after us mm-hmm. because now it's one of those like people, they've, they've got this, this microwave fascination. That's because we were the last generation to not have social media, but our generation created social media. 
That's true. But what I mean by that is Yeah, is, we were the we were the last ones not living our lives yeah. and living living lives vicariously through others yeah, you via to, social media. You used to be able to you back then you just used to live. You know what I'm saying? And if a person saw you, you know, doing good, they knew that it took work to get there because they saw you go from something to nothing. Now we in the we in the balling phase, which is I can get up, me and 15 of my homies, right. go rent a yacht in Miami. We ain't pay for $50 a piece. But the only pictures you're going to see is me me and one other person. Yeah, just balling. Oh, my God, they balling. Yeah. Nah, I ain't really balling. I'm just only showing you the part that I want you to see. You hmm. know what I'm saying? That's the difference is it's like your mom said it best. Instagram and all that, it's a highlight reel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a highlight reel. Just go look at you can go look at some people's pages and they got the flyers clothes on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They ain't, they driving the nicest of cars, but show me the two years where you struggled to get exactly the where it is that you need. But they ain't going to put that up cuz yeah. ain't nobody interested in it. It's a damn Think about shame. It. another thing. Go back and look at mu- music videos from 10 years ago. Back then, it was just about a girl being naturally beautiful. Yeah. You ain't see all that twerking and, you know, everybody ain't have fake bodies and all that. Yeah, it was just one of those. You get a pretty girl on the screen, some regular shit. Yeah, she was pretty. She was pretty. It was what it was. Unless it was a Busta Rhymes video where he was doing a bunch of crazy shit. A bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah, but. You know, back then, it was just about being natural. Nowadays, it's the the instant gratification. Like, yo, I'm not. I've seen a girl, an Instagram model say, I'm not going to the gym. And I'm not working out. I'd rather go have surgery. Mm. And she puts it up where she goes into her surgeon. Yeah. She shows her surgeon marking what parts of the body she's going to get cut up this time. And then she shows her recovery. I know a lot of women like that who, who say, you know, F, F the hard work. Why? Why do the hard work when I can just get it now? That shit's crazy to me. Like, no, I get it's it. It's normal. I get it because it's a new normal. Yeah, it's normal now. Nobody wants to do the work. Why? Why mm, do I work mm, hard? Mm. That don't even make sense. Mm. So, we touched on anger briefly. Because there's a lot of things that, even in what we spoke about, things that made us angry, things that make us fearful. Um... Which I think that those two things could be one and the same often. Um, your anger comes from the fact that you're afraid of something. Mm-hmm. Or you, uh, your anger is your smokescreen to cover up your fear of something. Just kind of bringing it home. Because as you mentioned in the first episode, you know, we, we are in some different times right now. And things that we're facing, we're actually being forced to sit down and actually look at it. Because mm-hmm. we can't go anywhere. We can't. We're not getting distracted by anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Think about this. If a person is 85, mm-hmm. they protesting the same stuff today. As someone did when they were, damn. <laughs> Come on now. So that means that nothing has changed. Other than the fact that you can vote and you can go to school. They still they still not letting you buy houses in certain neighborhoods. True. You know what I'm saying? They still putting predatory loans and all that kind of stuff in the hood. True. They still doing the same thing. 
they just hiding it better. And they hiding it better because then we made we forced them to come out. They went into hiding. Now we forcing them to come out again. And if you look at it, if just look at the news, they can't hide who they are. Right. This the time. That's why I told everybody when Donald Trump was elected, I was happy. No, I don't support Donald Trump. But I was happy because I'm from a small country town that if they were racist, they didn't hide it. I like my racism like I like my liquor. But, straight up. Yeah, but naked and straight up. Yeah. So yeah. if you were racist, I like to see that. So I'm happy we're going through this now. Because now it's forcing people to really open their eyes like, hey, the racism never went away. It was just concealed. You were just lulled to sleep to think that, oh, maybe that maybe it's not as bad as it was. It's always as bad. The only difference is, is they know how to hide it. But you got to look at it. It's a lot worse than we think. Because it's a lot of them that's judges. It's a lot of them that's cops, lawyers, doctors. Boy, when you really go down that rabbit hole, it's a scary place to think of. Yeah. How do we change it? Wait for Jehovah's return. <laughs> Racism is as natural as love. The Bible says where there's love, there's hate. I don't know where it says that in the Bible. I'm going to look it up tonight. But I know that it's. The Bible does say. It's loosely translated. Where there's love, there's hate. Yeah. Where there's darkness, there's, there's light. Yeah. And those two things hate each other. Yeah. You can't stump out racism. So anybody out there trying, stop. It's impossible. You ain't going to be able to do it. Somebody going to always hate somebody. And someone always going to teach hate. The point that I was making with that right. is racism will be here until Jehovah's return. Are you prepared? And even then, Jehovah's return. I'm telling you, because if you not, we closer than a lot of people think. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because they've been teaching hate for forever, and it's not gonna stop. Hitler was teaching hate against whites. It's not gonna stop. It can't stop, because some people are just born with that in there. Some people are going to be taught that. And then once they taught that, you can't get it out of them. For those of you who are interested in something like that, look up a guy by the name of Daryl Davis. Very interesting guy. He uh, he was able to convince over 200 KKK members to renounce their beliefs. Just by simply having a conversation with them. By asking them simple questions like one of their beliefs in the KKK And I thought this blew my mind was Black people are born With a gene That makes them more violent Right So he Hold said on. That's one of their about, beliefs I was about to say something ignorant That's one of their beliefs But look, look listen, how, <laughs> listen how he can bet that I'm going to circle back around he said, to the he said to that So you believe that I'm a violent man just because I'm black KKK member said yes He said but I've never been to jail and I've never been violent He said because the gene is dormant It just hasn't activated itself yet But at some point in your life it'll activate itself He said why you say that He said look at all the black on black crime 
His response to that was Then all white men Have the serial killer gene White man says to him Why would you say that Because every serial killer I've ever heard of Has been white He said give me three black serial killers And I'll stop talking to you right now The guy couldn't name Couldn't name any So he gave him one He said now just name me two He couldn't name another one He said but it doesn't make sense for you to say That I'm going to be a serial killer Just because I'm white So it doesn't make sense for you to say That I'm going to be violent because I'm black The dude later on Renounced being a KKK member Based off of that conversation mm. Daryl Davis Daryl Davis Y'all go check him out We're going to try to get him on the show You will not get Daryl Davis On this show Until we get a lot bigger don't tell me what I can't do. I know a Daryl Davis. Um, I ain't talking about the one from Paxville. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't talking about the Daryl from Paxville. And I don't even think his name David. Last name David. Nah, Daryl last name it's ain't law. David. Yeah, it's, it's, it's law. No, I ain't talking about no Daryl from Manning. Daryl Davis is a blues musician. Very talented young man. Yeah, he's older now, but look him up. It's a good, it's a good story about how he did it. I'll check it out. Hey man. I always appreciate sitting down and and rapping with you. Uh, damn, am I am I ninety? Hey, hey, fella, let me come rap to you a little bit. <laughs> anyway, yeah, man. Tell them where they can find you, man. Man, I already told you I don't got no uh, no social medias, but you can follow us on TrueKingBrand.com, uh, TrueQueenBrand.com, TrueKingMusicGroup. Yes, at TrueKingBrand at TrueQueenBrand. Oh. And we just released our first compilation, compilation Land of the Kings. Yes, it is available everywhere. If you purchase it, you'll get a free T-shirt. All you got to do is just DM uh, True King Brand, the proof of purchase, and we'll get you a T-shirt out to you. Yeah. Um, we owe a few people a couple T-shirts already. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm proud of that, though. I'm, yeah. I'm proud of the comp. The yeah. comp was good. Long time coming. It was mm-hmm. really good. Um, you know y'all can find me. We are more than podcasts. IG, uh, Ko Frierson IG, uh, Kelvin Frierson Seven mm. on uh, Twitter, and uh, for the Ko Frierson Katie, just want to give a shout out. Mm. Tell her what's up. What's can I going can on, I cause? lead can I lead them with something? Yeah, go ahead. A young man on Instagram posed a question, and I want us to talk about this. Okay, he said. It's time to cancel white Jesus. I bet you, I bet you, you don't want none. You know you're messing with the wrong ones. Now what y'all?